welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast, we bring you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Mary Agnes Welch, who is a public policy reporter for Winnipeg for the Winnipeg Free Press. And I think I'd like to start our conversation on the issue of the Freedom of Information Act, because I'm thinking that this is something that's very important for a journalist, particularly one who concerns, who concerns themselves with public policy. Mary, am I wrong in thinking this? You know, it's funny. I, 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 five years ago, I would have said you're 100% right, that most journalists rely on the Access to Information Act in their province, federally, to get information that the feds or the, or the government don't, don't want to divulge. But to be honest, as a reporter, I'm getting more and more frustrated that the Access to Information Act is being used to actually do the opposite, to deny uh, access to information. Um, I can't believe how many times I've filed a, a FIPA request or an FOI request for information where I'm like, oh, this is an easy one. I'll get this stuff for sure. They just have to black out, you know, maybe, you know, some private information of a private citizen. And what I get back is a whole long list of reasons why, no, you can't have that. Um, sort of clearly violating, if not the actual exact wording of the act, then the spirit of, of uh, access to information legislation. So I'm sort of at the point now, to be honest, as a reporter, where I think access to information is so broken um, as to be essentially useless. I'm sort of constantly shocked how often we get denied stuff that we that just instinctively feels like it ought to be public. That's quite surprising because you start to think of freedom of information and it seems exactly like that, like freedom. So if it's broken, what can we do to fix it? I think the, the main thing that happens is, has to happen that it's probably the hardest thing. Is there has to be sort of a culture shift in government. And I think in the last few years we've seen governments, even though they've talked a good game about open data and open government, um, when it comes right down to it, they've actually – sort of closed the doors on genuine access to information, even the embarrassing stuff, the stuff that would, would sort of, you know, maybe put the government in a negative light. And so you've got sort of everybody from ministers to, frankly, the prime minister is the, the probably the worst offender on this, sort of on down to provincial, you know, bureaucrats, to city bureaucrats, who just instinctively have this, whether their first answer is always no. And that's a huge, like, that's a huge culture to change. And, and I, to be honest, I used to work in the United States. Um, and there's a, just a different culture in the U.S. There's sort of this culture that says, yeah, sure, what the heck? You can have this information. No skin off my nose. You know, we believe government should be open. We, you know, this is your information to have. And it's, there's such, there's sort of this gap between how the states does it and how sort of Canadian governments do it is just growing and growing. You know, this is amazing because as Canadians, we always look at, at the U.S. as being very restrictive. You know, they have, you know, the Patriot Act and so many other sort of legislation that seems to remove human rights from the equation. And what you're saying right now is in Canada, when it comes to freedom of information, the, the U.S. has it better. They're way better. They're eons ahead of us. And again, it's kind of it, that's a different that's a culture that says we believe in, you know, sort of a, a public debate and and sort of access to information more than we believe in privacy. Because, you know, there's always this tension between privacy and the right to know. And in the States, the right to know wins out. In Canada, privacy wins out. And that includes government privacy. Now, how long have you been a reporter, Mary Agnes? Uh, 17 years. Yeah, is this, I guess. 
So going back to FOI for a moment here, I'm assuming this is a growing trend you've seen in Canada that FOI and ATIP requests have been much more limited. Um, have you seen it most in the last five years, in the last 10 years, just in the last year? Like, tell us a little bit more of the history of you as, a, as an experienced reporter or journalist, I should say, um, the evolution of this closing down of FOI. So I would say federally, we've seen probably in the last five years, and, and not to pick on him too much, but it really has been a Harper thing. Um, probably in the last five years, we've seen a decline in the amount of, of access to information and not just sort of access in the formal sense. You fill out the form, you paid your five bucks, you wait your 30 days, but also access in terms of being able to actually speak one-on-one with, with federal bureaucrats, um, you know, sort of getting the, like the most basic answers out of elected officials federally. So you've seen that maybe in the last five years. Locally, it's it's sort of been this way for a long time. And I I think part of it, frankly, is my own sort of disillusionment with the process. Like, I, you know, as a reporter, I used to file so many FIPAs all the time and be so disappointed. And now I've just sort of, I don't say I've given up. I, I think I started finding other ways to get information. And that, that includes data. It is still fairly it's still possible to get data if you talk to the right people. Um, but sort of getting briefing notes is really hard. Getting, um, you know, technical reports is difficult. So, yeah, I would say federally in the last five years, locally, kind of always. You mentioned data is really important as a source of information for you. Can you tell us a little bit about what kinds of data you look for, how you use data as a journalist, and what, what role data has in, in forming your stories and how those stories resonate? So I think data is like the future of journalism, frankly. And for me, I almost always, I just ask for data when it comes to access requests now. I don't bother asking for documents and reports that I'm probably not going to get. So, uh, so and there's, for me, there's sort of two, I tend to deal with the province and the city of Winnipeg mostly on data requests. And the, the problem you run into, the city, for example, has beautiful data. They really keep good data on, like, assessments and dog names and, you know, uh, water testing and all this kind of stuff that they keep. And they have – they're pretty computer-ish. You know, they have decent software. They keep it, you know, relatively up to date. They have just been really – reluctant to give it out in recent years. So so the city has the data, they just don't give it out. The province is much more willing to give the data out, but they don't have it in any kind of computer format. So for example, my favorite story, my favorite data story lately has been about pesticide use in the province. So um, I asked for all of the pesticide permits and the sort of how much each permit holder sprayed in the last year. And they were like, sure, no problem. You can come and look at it, but it's all paper documents. So I sat in somebody's office for two days and made my own database based mm-hmm. on all of these, like, these paper, like, with literally, like, we're going to highlight where we sprayed the, you know, Roundup on this, in this <laughs> rural municipality. And it was, it's totally ridiculous, right? And it's just because the province is totally behind on actual databases so they're more willing to give the data they just are like they're seriously stuck in like the dos era at best at the province of manitoba so and so so you also asked about the stories and i think data stories are just like that's the future of that's the best way to kind of hold the government to account if they say 
well, we're going to reduce pesticide use. You can look at the data and see if that's really true. And it just paints this new picture of of our cities and our, our province that we didn't have access to before. And, and it's just way more fun. It's just fun to hang out and play with data. Talk, if, I mean, it's, I'm going to sound like a bit of a nerd now, but it's just fun. It's much more fun. <laughs> well, actually, it, it's sort of it's an interesting perspective that you bring along. And maybe it's a Winnipeg centric. I don't know. But I was amazed when the open government tour went to Winnipeg. And I think I've said this in a previous episode, but I was amazed at how mobilized the city was in terms of its citizens. Like that whole group there is just so engaged with their city. So from a journalistic perspective and data journalism perspective, I know that the city is engaged or the citizens are engaged, but are you finding more People venturing into that data journalism. You're saying it's the future, but are you saying are you seeing Winnipeg employing that a lot more often now? I I kind of wish we were doing it more because it's funny. I I found that event in Winnipeg really hopeful because I sort of looked around and thought, whoa, there are nerds that are willing to talk about data and want to get together and talk about this stuff. But but I kind of often feel like other cities are much more ahead, like Toronto, Vancouver. They're sort of really you know not really advanced, but much more advanced open data movements within government. Um, and and also among journalists. I mean, in Toronto, there's just more journalists and there's more data journalists. Here we only – well, that's, I mean, there's only maybe a small handful of journalists who are doing data stuff. But we the, at the Free Press, we actually just hired a few months ago our first data journalist. Mm. And he's just awesome and we're like just throwing – crap at him to start you know like start turning into debt like yeah, analyze this and all so and in a way he's like a great partner to have because i can get i'm good at getting the databases i'm not always good at making them look cool and making them kind of like illustrating the data so he's great at that so it's been a he's it's awesome to have him so we're we're taking sort of baby steps and i definitely felt that event was like a huge step actually and but i i think we're actually maybe a little behind when it comes to the hardcore data stuff in winnipeg i love that you're talking about hopefulness and finding this community so let's let's maybe end with one kind of question looking forward and looking to hope what is the role of the journalist in opening gov- up our government opening our governance structures and how do we make them work better what's the role of the journalist in that world I think it's I think it's key. I think journalists that sort of plays on the strengths of journalists. That's sort of what we do naturally. We always, you know, we go knocking on doors, we go demanding information. We we look at things with a critical eye and we're always sort of thinking about the next story. So if somebody, you know, drops a little tidbit of information, that stays with us and we turn it into another question to ask down the line. So so I think it so I think sort of using data to keep government accountable is a is just a natural thing for journalists to do. I'd actually like to see I think and maybe this I just live in this world, but I actually really like to see other advocacy groups get into sort of data work um environmental groups um poverty groups i think there's i think they're starting to and they're definitely starting to in winnipeg but i i think i think they have the opportunity to use sort of the open data concepts uh, and open government concepts much more to their advantage than they have been so i would love to see i'd love to see every group that wants to get their issues forward or wants to kind of get at the nub of an issue to start looking at data. Cause I think there, it's just, it's just lim- like, we can't even begin to imagine how much data the government has, you know, and what form it's in and what we could do with it and what it could reveal about uh, every day. I'm learning like, Oh, I didn't realize that the province kept a list of all of the daycare, you know, playground equipment. That, oh, that's a database. Every, I mean, there's just so much stuff that they have that we can make use of. 
Wow. It's amazing work that you're doing. And I'm sure that after this interview, more people will be paying attention to the Winnipeg Free Press, especially with this new staff member that you have. So thank you, Mary Agnes, for joining us today. And keep up the great work. My pleasure. Thanks, you too. That was Mary Agnes Welch from Winnipeg, Manitoba on the Open Government Podcast. If you have any questions about today's episode, you can reach Mary Agnes on Twitter at M-A-W Welch. That's M-A-W-W-E-L-C-H or through the Winnipeg Free Press. And as usual, you can always send us questions on our hashtag. That's OGTPod. Thanks to Keith McDonald of Cheryl's Crust for providing the podcast music. So until next time, I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll be back soon with our next interview. Thank you.